Natalie. And I'm Paul. Welcome to God Hates Fang's True Blood podcast. This week we'll be discussing season five, episode five of True Blood. Let's boot and rally. Wow, episode five already. What does, what does boot and rally mean? Let's boot and rally. <laughs> I have no idea. It's, that's no. Does anyone know? If you know, <laughs> then you can contact us on Facebook. Uh, Twitter. Uh, or email the website. Or, and also subscribe to us on iTunes if you like us. Yeah, leave us a comment or two. Yeah. Okay, so let's crack on and get into the episode. So, okay, Suki is about to get it on with Alseed. Go, Suki. Go, Alseed. <laughs> um, when alcohol gets the better of her and she pukes over his shoes. Was you, was you kind of hoping that Alseed <laughs> puked over her as well? Because was... they, they both had a skin fall. It would have been funny if, she, if he puked on yeah. her hair. And he had, he had to play catch-up as well. Yeah, 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 he did. Maybe maybe werewolves are not kind of immune to getting that drunk. Hmm. And, and then just to kill the mood even further, Bill and Eric are smirking in the doorway. <laughs> yeah. How long, how long do you think they'd have waited before cock-blocking? Before cock-blocking? If Suki and what, the... What's that mean? <laughs> cock-blocking, like, before kind of going... <clears throat> like, if Suki and the oh, okay. up... Do you think they would have watched? Would they have watched or would they have kind of... Joined in? <laughs> I think I think they didn't want Elsie to get some sookie action. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they'd have intervened. Cock blocking up. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and, and also, how did they avoid the silver spray on the porch? Yeah. Um, maybe after Tara's little incident, the silver spray machine was disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be having Tara getting sprayed every time she comes. Or maybe, maybe in they just came in through the broken back door. Yeah. Maybe. That's, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Lafayette, uh, he's not down with this brujo shit. Mm. Now, he prays to his collection of religious icons, uh, but they all go kind of fear and loathing on him. Yeah, like when that's like when he, him and Jesus did the V in season three, wasn't it? Yes. Sorry, my phone beeped. Okay, anyway, he, call, <laughs> he calls out for Jesus to help him, but there's no answer. Uh, Jason wakes up to find it's the 1980s. Yeah. And he's wearing Masters of the Universe pyjamas. I had those pyjamas. <laughs> there's actually a video on the HBO website that explains how they made those kind of adult-sized... Really? They got, basically, they got a, a duvet cover, and they cut the front off the duvet cover and sewed it onto a pair of adult pyjamas. I had a duvet. <laughs> you had a duvet? I had a beanbag as well. Wow. I just, I just love He-Man. Wow, He-Man, awesome. Still got some of the toys. <laughs> the, the, anyway, the, the dream of spending a Christmas morning with Suki and his parents, it's, it seems all very nice. And even as the grand pie music. <laughs> the sinister grand pie music. <laughs> Uh, but then vampire bites appear oh. on his parents' necks and uh, his mum starts asking him if he wants a blowjob. Yeah, weird. Whoa. <laughs> so, how do you think they do the, the blood spurting effect? Because that's... <laughs> do we want to know? Is it, is it better if we don't know? It's better, isn't it? It must be something with little pipes and like a prosthetic thing covering the pipes and a little squirty action hand pump thing. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon. That's how I'd do it if I was going to have fake blood spurting. So tell me that. Is this... Is this dream that he's having, is this in, induced by the fairies, or was it just Jason's sort of subconscious? <laughs> like the fairies are, it's like the replicants in Blade Runner, we know what you dream. <laughs> are they giving him these dreams to kind of convince him that, parent, that his parents were killed by vampires, somehow? Why do they, need, why do they feel the need to have to convince Jason then? Because they want him to join Team Fairy. Ah. Instead of Team Panther. <laughs> he's long out of Team Panther. <laughs> Hey, that cat didn't like him in last week's episode. Oh, yeah, no, the, the panther stuff is... Mm. Oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> <laughs> also, why is he naked? 
Did you mind? I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, I'm not complaining. But so, did the fairies like teleport him home? But that, but just they can't teleport clothes. Yeah. They can only teleport flesh. <laughs> yeah, flesh. And... That's pretty. That's a new kind of fairy power we've seen. Teleportation fairies. So what if if they can't try, if they can't teleport clothes? What mm. if you got like a a wig or <laughs> a prosthetic limb or would that not would that not come home with you? Oh, I, I suppose not. Next time I meet a fairy, I'll ask him. So anyway, Jason he uh, calls Rosie to ask what year is it, and we get confirmation that uh, it's this year. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, yeah, no, it would just be terrible if it was like two years had passed. <laughs> so, yeah, so obviously there's different parts of Fairy World, and this part of Fairy World with the snazzy nightclub doesn't cause the, cause the weird time travelling shit. So he's not been away for a year? No. So there's, yeah, what is there, like different levels of Fairyland? Different zones? <laughs> yeah, I hope they, they come up with the goods on this, because that's, yeah. that's quite a good <laughs> point, isn't it? Uh, Andy, uh, he's also naked, <laughs> uh, he's keeping on the sofa... And Arlene tells him to pick up his phone and cover up his junk. Yes, he's fallen prey to the clothes-stealing fairy (laughs) teleportation trick too. There's been lots of naked Andy this season. (laughs) It's been a good season for the Andy fans. Yeah, yeah, it's been, I think, more naked Andy in this one season than the the whole show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's beefed up this season. (laughs) What's what's up with, where's Portia and Grandma Belfleur? What happened to them? Because they live in the house as well. Well, that's probably in bed because it's like the middle, middle of the night time, isn't I it? I know, but we've not seen them and I like them. Oh, that's <laughs> I want mm. more Belle Fleur action. Don't know. Uh, so Suki tries kind of unsuccessfully to sober up and, uh, and Bill's come up with a cunning plan for her to reverse glamour Doug in order to track down Russell. Alcide mm. uh, is not happy and a testosterone fueled vampire versus werewolf bark-off ensues. I didn't like the barking. I thought it was weird. <laughs> it was a bit weird, so that's what she could hear in his head. Yeah. Odd. Um, Suki uh, should get drunk more often, because in a intoxicated state, she has a epiphany. Now, we have a listener's comment here from Phil. Finally, Suki has had the epiphany that she isn't a normal girl forced into a soup world until she can get back to normal. She's a soup who has, come to spend, who has to spend some of her time in the normal world. I seem to remember that after she has this revelation in the book, she became much less whiny and more proactive. Now she just needs to realise that after entering a few high-stakes poker tournaments, she would never have to worry about money again. And she can play with the soups for the rest of her life. Yeah. Doesn't she do the high-stakes poker tournaments? Does, is, does that happen in the books? No. The, that's just a great suggestion. That's, <laughs> that's what should happen. Yeah. That's what anyone with yeah. mind-reading abilities would do. So I yeah, like so she's going to be like 80 and she's still going to be hanging out with vampires and werewolves. It's going to be a part of her life forever. She could, she could probably like move to a remote island and still find like some freaky spirits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's always going to be soups there to have beef with her or want to solve a little mystery. It's, it's kind of cool though. I, I like, I, I'm liking Suki's character. <clears throat> Suki this, is much, much more likeable this season. So Suki, uh, she reads Doug's mind and it turns out that her telepathic powers mean that she can see his erased memories. Ah, convenient. Wow. And she sees evil puppet Russell being unearthed by a female member of the authority. Puppet Russell. There is an awesome photo of Puppet Russell on the HBO site. It is the best thing I've seen in my life. I want one. So we, we, want, we want them, them to put these on sort of general sale. <laughs> we, we would buy a Puppet Russell and just cuddle it. <laughs> take it out in a push chair. Speak to it. <laughs> yeah, take it out in a push chair. Yeah. Yes. 
Bill instantly accuses Eric of telling Nora. Uh, but that would just be too obvious, wouldn't it? Hmm. Uh, Eric is adamant that he didn't tell her. But he still looks a bit worried. So he's, I think Nora's a red herring, surely. Is it a double bluff where Nora's the red herring, so you think it's... You think like, surely it's Salome. Yeah. But then it is Nora, maybe. Oh, It's like be. a double bluff. Could be. Or it could be Sharon Osbourne. It could be Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> I don't even know the character's it name. It could be... You know, it could be. Who could it be? It could be Lilith. It could be Lilith. There are rumours that we might actually see Lilith this season. Is there rumours that it could be Nan Flanagan? I kind of think it could be. It, I don't think it is. I think it's Salome because she's really shifty. But it could be Nan. It's theory. just so obvious though, isn't it? It just seems too... Too obvious that it's Nora or Salome. Yeah. Sharon Osborne. Sharon Osborne. <laughs> but Nan was a member of the authority at the time. This is before Nan got staked. Mm. So it could have been her. Oh, I'm gonna, oh, I don't think it could be Nora because Godric is Nora's maker and the only way that the vampire would know where Russell was buried was if Russell was their maker. So I say it can't be Nora. I'm, I'm sticking with Sharon Osborne. Sharon Osborne. <laughs> Rosalind. I think her name's Rosalind. Yes. Rosalind, yes. <laughs> uh, Nora's still praying to Lilith in her cell and says that the warriors of Lilith are coming. Is she nuts or are they? I hope they are. That sounds like a fun thing to happen. Dieter <laughs> uh, tells Salome that Eric and Bill went to visit a waitress, then stopped at a quickie mart for coffee and nutter butters. What are nutter butters? We need nutter butters. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's, that sounds like something Send like I need in my life. to us. <laughs> uh, Salome passes on Roman's order that they only have until dawn to find Russell. Woof. It's a bit harsh. Yeah, they've, they've, they've only had a couple of nights. Oh, come on. He's like a 3,000-year-old vampire. They need longer than that. Uh, Salome enters the secret room, uh, which we find does not hold an ancient caveman vampire. Oh. <laughs> uh, just a vial of blood. Uh, Roman says that some vampires believe it's the actual blood of Lilith, but that's just silly as far as he's concerned. So what do we reckon? Is it, is it really her blood? Uh, yeah. That, it, yeah, of course. I reckon it is. Well, I mean, what else could it be? Just regular blood? Just or, or his blood? Or... Uh, no, it must be her blood. Because just the way he was saying, oh, there's no way this could be the blood of Lilith. Makes me think, <laughs> yeah, it is. So do you think at some point someone's going to drink the whole vial down? I hope so. And go crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that would be some good V-trip if you drank that blood. Yeah. We'd like, like to see something like that. <laughs> uh, Salome persuades Roman to mix religion and politics so as to gain mm. the trust of the Sanguinista movement. Uh, meanwhile, Ella ties up Terry and Patrick in his crazy basement and asks if anything followed them there. <laughs> anything. Not anyone, anything. Anything. Ominous. Mm. Uh, if you're wondering where you've seen Ella before, he was in a movie with Anna Paquin and Stephen Moyer called Open House. We've not seen it yet. No. Your mum watched it and said oh. it was shit. Oh, did she? <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't bother oh, okay. watching don't, don't, don't go on that review. It could be good, though. It could be good. Yeah, don't go by that review. Also, number, you know number six from Battlestar Galactica? Of course I know number six from <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Uh, she's in it as well. Awesome. Yeah. I don't care if it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch it anyway. Blu-ray. Stephen Moore gets it on with... Um, Stephen Moore gets it on with number six. Yeah, in the film. Lucky bastard. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, Patrick is still convinced that Ella is the firebug, even though he says that the fire moved. The fire moved! He googled freaky moving fire demon shit and found that what he's tormenting them is an... If... Ifrit? Ifrit. 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 
Uh, according to Wikipedia, the Ifrit is a type of genie mm. in Arab culture. Uh, apparently, God made the genies of fire in the same way that he made men from clay. And the genies can be controlled by amulets. So awesome. maybe that's what Terry needs, a, a genie control amulet. It's an amulet. I'm just going to go back to Iraq and try and find it. <laughs> I don't think True Blood's got the It's going to turn into Uncharted. Like, find <laughs> the mystical yeah, amulets. <laughs> so, can, Terry save the, can Terry save the day? You can look on eBay. Yes, that's probably easier. <laughs> uh, then there's another Iraq flashback. Yeah, and we, we learn that Patrick ordered Terry to kill an injured woman uh, to save their asses from the recrimination. Um, but before she died, she put a bad juju curse on them all. Did you think that Patrick and Terry looked way too similar with beards? Yes. I was just confused who was who. Yes. <laughs> their faces are the same with beards. And fans are really upset that Terry has been revealed as a war criminal. Mm. But to be fair, it was Patrick's order. Yeah, he's in the army, you got to follow the orders. That's, yeah, superior that's... officer and all that. Yeah, obviously... No one wants to shoot an injured lady in the chest twice and the head once. Yeah. But, uh, and also, do you remember, it's a long time ago, you might not remember, but in season one, um, it's the episode where Bill's giving the big speech in the church. Do you remember? Yeah, yes, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. And um, I, think it's, I think it's Andy and Bud Dearborn are talking about Terry. And um, they say that he killed 20 Iraqis and that's why he's so messed up. Ah. So obviously, it's kind of a known thing that Terry killed loads of Iraqis. Oh, that's, well, that's good. They know. They know so what, it's consistent. Yeah, they know what it was up to. No, no secrets. Yeah. Uh, over at Fantasia, Tara has borrowed Pam's truly exquisite clothes, and her mother and daughter are look, looking pretty <laughs> hot. Oh, yes. <laughs> she likes like Pam's uh, 80s supermodel look. <gasps> that dress, that was amazing. <laughs> I want a red leather Pam dress. Uh, while Suki has learnt that her life will always be thrilling, no matter how mundane she tries to make it, uh, Tara's revelation is that even now she's got superpowers and an amazing dominatrix wardrobe. She's still got to work a shitty bartending job. Don't! Oh, <laughs> uh, Tara is still struggling with her vampire urges, and Pam has to drag her off a fangbanger to stop her feeding in public. Mm. <laughs> that was hilarious. She dragged <laughs> the woman over the bar. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> at least, yeah, at least Tara's not being all emo about being a vampire now. She's yeah, kind she's of getting on with it. She's yeah, she's getting into it. Yeah. Didn't want loads of scenes of Tara crying and moaning no, around. Enough of that. <laughs> uh, t- uh, Jessica feels bad for Tara and gives her a little baby vampire pep talk. Uh, she says they could be girlfriends. Girlfriends? I don't think she means girlfriends in the, the way that I want them to be girlfriends. <laughs> like a lady love way. In a lady love <laughs> way. Uh, Jessica explains that bloodlust is in their nature now and it's all good. And anyway, they're immortal. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, but they still have to hang out in a club that, that plays Echo and the Bunnymen. They've got a cool vampire club. Who plays with Echo and the Bunnymen? Yeah. Sack the DJ. Come on. I hate that band. Uh, did, you, did you like Jessica's awesome T-Rex t-shirt? <gasps> yeah, she should, she should definitely go for the rock chick look more often. Oh, yes. That was a good look. <laughs> oh, <her>. yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, Alcide is driving the mystery machine using Doug's erased memories as a sat-nav. Is it, is it safe for Alcide to drive? I mean, surely he's a little bit over the limit. <laughs> Maybe werewolves can uh, sober up really quickly. Maybe it's one of their superpowers. Yeah, good power. Uh, and of course, they're going to a, a creepy asylum. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the back of the van, uh, Bill is furiously accusing Nora of freeing Russell, which, which does sound plausible, doesn't it? Yeah, except we know it's Salome. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon. <laughs> <Not> sh- <laughs> 
Sharon Osborne. Sharon Osborne. Yeah. Uh, the boys are having a little tiff uh, when Molly from Waterworld calls and informs them that their eye stakes will be activated at dawn if they don't find Russell. Hey, Molly, she should she should be there more often. Yeah, we, she's way cool. She's kind of like she's, yeah. That's <laughs> trying to yeah, cool. She's cool. She's just like the hip young. Yeah, that's what they need—a hip young vampire. And uh, yeah, I just like the way she talks. It's been rad serving you. Peace out. So yeah, um, the Scooby Gang—they arrive at the creepy asylum, and Suki explains that she's uh, seen enough horror movies to know that you never split up, and she's ready to kick Russell's undead ass with her microwave fingers. <laughs> who's who's who in the Scooby Gang? Obviously, Suki's Daphne. We're saying that Eric's Fred. Eric's got to be Fred. Scooby Doo's got to be Al Seed, isn't it? Yeah, Al Seed is Scooby. Doug's got to be Shaggy because he's all Doug's scared. Doug's got to be Shaggy. Uh, which means that Bill's Velma. Bill is Velma. <laughs> because he's the one that kind of solves all the mysteries and knows what's going on. And, and has yeah. bad hair. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bill's hair, really. I'm joking. <laughs> and obviously, Al Seed's van is the, the mystery machine. Yeah. Or are they the yes. A team? The A team. They need Lafayette really to be the A team, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I think Jason would have to be in it if, if they would. Would he be face man? He probably would be Jason face would man. Be face yeah, man. he'd be Murdoch. He'd be mental Murdoch. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Andy, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, Terry would be Murdoch. <laughs> Who's the other one? We we said them all. B A. Hannibal Smith. No, who's Hannibal? Murder. Hannibal, that's George Peppard. Little Liam Neeson. No, but who would... Uh, um, in True Blood, who would... Andy. Andy is Hannibal? Nah, someone kind of older, isn't it? There's no old people in True Blood. <laughs> so, there's three thousand old vampires. What are you chatting about? <laughs> you know what I mean. Anyway, there's enough A-team talk. Uh, hey, sorry, by the way, did you, did you like the way Suki called it her, her microwave fingers? <laughs> That's pretty much what people call it on, on the fan forums. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason and Andy investigate the shifter shooting crime scene. And, uh, Mike the coroner is there too. Yes, we haven't, we haven't seen him since uh, Egg's funeral. At, oh, Egg's. Egg's, oh, <laughs> Egg's. <laughs> egg's funeral at the start of season three. <laughs> uh, Jason is seeing fang marks on the bodies, similar to season three. When he was guilty yes. about Egg's murder. And you're seeing the bullet wounds on everyone's heads. Yeah. Oh, Egg's. Uh... Uh, Jason explains <laughs> to Andy that all the hot legs at the club were fairies. I fucked a fairy? <laughs> <laughs> I fucked a fairy. <laughs> Andy is uh, he's very sympathetic towards Sam and doesn't accuse him of being the murderer, like he did in season two when yeah. Daphne got killed. Nice one, Andy. <laughs> um, Sam tells him that Suzanne and Emery... Uh, well, Shifters 2, and to Andy's credit, he's not remotely phased by this, uh, nor by the revelation that they're fairies. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, Shifters, fairies, right, yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Bud Dearborn, who chickened out over one maynard oh. and a headless corpse, and he's like, that's it, I quit. Oh, Bud Dearborn, he, <laughs> I like oh, him. Oh, he was in Blade Runner, bring him back. Come back, Bud. Uh, as many viewers have pointed out, it was nice to see Jason and Andy actually doing proper police yes. work. Yes. They're, they're, they're kind of like Bunk and McNulty in the wire all of a sudden, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, doing police procedural stuff. Hmm. Uh, they are, yeah, they unearth a ricocheted wooden silver bullet and deduce that the, sh the shooter must have a grudge against soups. That's supernaturals. <laughs> For people like me that think soups. Soups, eh? 
Net? What's soup? Supernaturals? Ah. <laughs> I think, yeah, they explain in the books, like, in within <coughs> the first couple of pages, that soups means supernaturals. Oh. But this... I've if, not heard it mentioned... I don't think they've said it in the show no, yet. No, <laughs> until now. I don't like the word soups. I think it sounds lame. Yes. I wish they just said supernatural people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> SMPs. <laughs> Uh, Jason says that vampires have been killing people for centuries. Uh, obviously still thinking that his parents were killed by vampires. Even yeah. though they weren't. They were probably killed by bad fairies. This is like in season two when Jason starts hating the vampires so much that he joined up with Steve Newlin and, yeah. uh, and uh, Fellowship of the Sun. Where is Steve Newlin? We've not seen him for a few episodes. Not enough Steve Newlin action. Yeah. Come on. And what does this mean? What does Jason's new vampire hatred mean for his relationship with Jessica? Oh, as much as his hatred of vampires, I think he's always going to have a soft spot. Oh, yeah, I or think you could... hard spot yeah. for Jessica. <laughs> uh, back at the asylum, Doug's bricking it and fears he'll never get to go to New York, but Eric says not to worry because it smells like pee and the people are rude. Well, we've been there and we didn't notice any piss smells, did we? We didn't we? notice it. Only when you pissed in that alley. Yeah, but... Sh- <laughs> There's, there's, not enough, there's not enough toilets in, in New there York. There are not enough toilets. That's why there's a piss smell. There's not enough toilets in New York. We queued for like half an hour in a McDonald's just to take a piss. Yeah. There was nobody buying food. There was, there's just no toilets People in actually city. were just going to McDonald's to have a piss. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy, <laughs> crazy city. More toilets, please, New York. Yes. Uh, these, these are silent scenes. They're they, they playing out like a teen slasher movie, aren't they? Yeah, they're kind of true to form, aren't they? They've they got all the kind of horror movie trope going on. It's good though, isn't it? Yeah. And, the, and then, of course, because it's like a slash movie, the, the gang discover a pile of rotten corpses. Hmm. They, they didn't look very appetising. No, except to the rats. Okay, so meanwhile, Tara, she takes a cigarette break outside Fantasia, and we learn that... Uh, we learn what happens when vampires smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. So Tara looks impressed. Is, is she the, the first cigarette-smoking vampire we've seen? She is. We saw, we saw Russell and Bill smoking cigars, but we've not seen a vampire smoking a cigarette yet. Never Pam. Pam doesn't smoke. No. No. Only in your dreams. <laughs> oh, she's smoking. She's definitely smoking. <laughs> uh, Hoyt turns up in some truly ridiculous goth clothes. He does not look good in goth clothes, does he's, he? He's, no, he's... he's it's starting to be a bit of a cock, isn't he, really? He's being a bit of a cock. Just because Tara won't bite him. What's his beef? <laughs> so does he get a kick out of being bitten? Or is he just wanting someone to finish him off? He's just had enough. I don't know. Or is he bait for the vampire hate group? Ah. Maybe they're going to... Maybe he's looking for someone to bite him so they can jump out and stake them or something. Like it. Um, okay, so time for another Iraq flashback. And we see that Terry actually saw the... Ifrit. <laughs> Ifrit. They said it Ifrit. like 20 times Ifrit. and I'm still not sure how you say it. Ifrit. 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 Uh, in the flames of the burning Iraqi civilians. Uh, is, it, is it good or bad that they're, they're bringing more demons in? It's kind of, it's making it more like Buffy, isn't it? We, <laughs> Buffy, would they bring in a different demon every week? We like, we like Buffy. We like, yeah, I like demons. I think it's cool. Yeah, no, I think it's cool. I think more demons. Yeah, what, what else could they bring in though? They brought in a genie now. That's kind of, they brought the Brujo thing in. With Lafayette. Oh, there's, there's probably shitloads that they could bring in, isn't there? Angels. Oh, no, don't bring in angels. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Ella says uh, they're safe because his bunker is flame retardant. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is a fire genie they're messing with. Uh, after Ella frees them, Patrick knocks him out with a sucker punch. Uh, as he's still sure that there's nothing supernatural going on here. Uh, they were just jacked out, jacked out of their minds and seeing shit. Uh, obviously he's wrong though, 
Because the black smoke from Lost then kills Ella. Yeah, even even made the same sounds as the smoke monster. It did, it made that kind of ticking smoke so, monster sound. Obviously Lost finished, what, three years ago? The smoke monster's been out of work, <laughs> went for an audition, True Blood, got in there. <laughs> uh, poor Lafayette wakes up to find Jesus' decapitated head <laughs> on his table with his lips sewn up. Um, yeah, and, and Lafayette seems quite alarmed. By this. I think that's quite an alarming whereas, thing. Whereas then Jesus appears to Lafayette's mum, uh, Ruby Jean, who wakes up and seems quite happy to, to see Lef, uh, <laughs> Jesus like, there. Like, Where have you been? Where have you been? <laughs> is, that, is she a medium too, do you think? Do you think? Because Lafayette's kind of inherited these medium powers. Yeah. But that's... Or is she just mental? <laughs> no, I think her craziness is linked to some powers she's got. Yeah. And what's more, she can actually understand what he's saying. Yes. Which to us sounded like... All right, I'll tell him. So, so we, are we thinking that Jesus's spirit is trapped by the Lafayette demon? So yes, yeah, so Jesus has died, and in Wujo, what is it? Brujo. 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 Uh, yeah, Jesus has died, and then in the the afterlife, he's been kind of I don't know. He's trapped. Like, he's like. been trapped so that he can't communicate with Lafayette. I think that's my theory. Brujo. Hmm. It was, the, it was the spirit that killed Jesus, wasn't it? When he was in Lafayette's... No, it was Marnie's spirit, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, of course. Ah, oh, season four seems so long ago. <laughs> uh, back at the asylum, the Scooby gang discover Russell's live food supply hanging on meat hooks. Uh, one of the prisoners says that he's, he's way too skinny to be eaten and Russell should chow down on the fatties first. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way Bill, Bill shushed him in this scene. Did you notice he just went... Psst. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Uh, Sam breaks the news to Luna that their shift of friends have been murdered. Uh, Luna doesn't let on that Emma is now a werewolf. Sure, wouldn't Sam smell her though? Yeah. He should smell that there's a werewolf in the house. You'd think, wouldn't you? Or maybe he's just too polite to say. Uh, so Sam leaves, but gets popped by a van load of Obama-wearing uh, mask shifter haters. And Luna runs out and she takes two bullets as oh. well. Oh. Uh, the shooters try to take uh, Emma too. Uh, but she turns into a wolf puppy and runs away. How evil oh. are these shooters? They were going to kill a little kid. They are scumbags. Evil. So Sam and Luna dead? No. Maybe Luna. But I don't think so. So if, if Luna's... I, I think Luna... I, I, I reckon... I, I thought Luna was dead. That's my initial thought. I think no, for the fact that Sam's had so many girlfriends that have died, that it would just be ridiculous for him... But then if Luna's dead, then... Will Emma have to move in with a crazy grand, like a crazy werewolf grand? <laughs> or do you think Sam would take her in? Oh, no, Sam's only been dating Luna for like a week. <laughs> but because she's like a... Oh, yeah. So you're thinking Luna's going to be okay? She's going to be okay because it's just it would just be ridiculous. It would be... Obviously, it's a supernatural show, but it would be beyond far-fetched if Sam had another girlfriend that died. Do you know what I mean? It would be silly. Plus, I'd like Luna. How do these shooters know... I don't know that they're shifters. One of them must be a soup to be able oh, to sense okay. it, I reckon. They've got to have some kind of intel. And also, that um, I don't know if you read the internet, there has been some controversy about this scene because of the Obama masks. Um, I don't think it's supposed to be any political statement, do you? It's just... No. Just people no, wearing Obama masks. Just, yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> like, um, like uh, what's his name in Halloween, wearing a... Wearing a mask of the dude from Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just... it's not a statement, it's just a mask. 
<laughs> and also because Game of Thrones uh, featured a fake George Bush severed head in season one. Yeah, so HBO's getting a bit of beef. But also, I, I read that they're not making any more of season one on Blu-ray or DVD because <laughs> they're not cutting it out. They're just not making them anymore. That's ridiculous. So, so buy your copy now or it's going to be gone. Oh, we haven't got it, have we? No, not on Blu-ray. No. We shall. <laughs> That's, that was crazy. Did you see the picture, though? It was like one of the severed heads yes. next to Sean Bean's severed head. Yeah. And was... Oh, I, I've really spoiled Game of Thrones for anyone that's not oh, watched it. Oh, shit. <laughs> anyway, there's a severed head in the background, and you just see, like, a tiny little bit of this severed head. And you'd only know if someone said to you, that's George Bush's head with a, a wig on. But it's not like... It's you look not blatantly it's obvious. It's not obvious. It's ridiculous that they've made such a fuss about People it. People moan. People moan People about moan silly about stuff. stupid stuff. Okay, so yes. it's time, time for a montage. Time for a montage. Uh, Roman speaks to other high-ranking vampires, telling them it's time to extend the promise of Lilith to humanity. Well, what does this mean? Were you confused here? I was. It was good, though, wasn't it? It, it was, was kind good. Of a, mm. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, yeah, the promise of Lilith. What? I'm not really sure what he's saying, but I like it. Well, so humans can join their crazy vampire religion as well. Is that what he's saying? Well, is that what the mainstream is? That they join together? Is that... Or maybe, has Lilith been kept secret? And now they're kind of make, going public with the vampire Bible and the blood of Lilith and stuff. Yeah. Don't know. It's, I don't know. It's going crazy, but I'm liking it. Meanwhile, Jason has an emo moment at his parents' graves. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Jessica finds Tara feeding on Hoyt. And they have an epic girl fight. That was an awesome that fight, was a wasn't it? That was a great fight. And why is Jessica so mad? Mm, Hoyt. I don't know. Hoyt and her broke up. And it's he, fair game. Yeah, maybe it's just the... Maybe. Your friends shouldn't get with your ex is kind of raw, isn't it? I suppose so, yeah. But it's only biting. There's only a bit of biting. Yeah, there's a bit of touching. Yeah, but hang, hang on. Wait, wait. Jessica is now with Jason, so she can't say anything about friends get with exes. Can she? Mm, no. <laughs> Don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just assumed because that's her ex, but or maybe because it's she. She considers considers Hoyt to be hers, like Hoyt is mine, mm-hmm. kind of scenario. Yeah, but then if you dump him, you can't then still you can't still think that. I don't know. That's van- <laughs> that's vampire rules. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of people thought clever people cleverer than us. Is this a spoiler? No, a lot of people thought. Okay. A lot of people pointed out this montage was reminiscent of the one at the end of The Godfather where the baby is being baptised as the rival crime families are being taken out. <laughs> well put. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I like read that it. on forums. I thought, oh yeah. Yeah. Very clever. Okay, so uh, meanwhile, at the asylum, the Scooby gang are closing in on Russell. And Suki and Bill are actually holding hands. Suki and Bill are holding hands. Newsflash. Hmm, so uh, is, is, their, is their romance going kind of to be re, uh, rekindled? Who knows? I kind of think it's just the writers kind of throwing a bone uh, to, <laughs> to fans that like that sort of thing. So they finally find Russell. Now, he's looking much better uh, than when he was a spitting image puppet. But he's still looking pretty fucked up. And Eric and Bill, even though they've got these these stakes that they brought with them, they don't kill him it's straight away. Stake him. He's, stake him. He's laying there in a bed. He looks a bit <laughs> fucked. Why not do it now? Stake him now. <laughs> this is not Bond or Batman. It's, it's like, you know, we give him half an hour to try and escape before we, we kill him. I don't know. Why, why don't they just do it? Uh, I, the only thing I can think of is that they want to be able to prove to the authority that they did, in fact, catch Russell. 
Otherwise, they, they could, the authority could show up and there'd be a pile of goo there and they could say, that's Russell, we killed him. They it could, could be the, any vampire. They could get the cell phone out and just take they, a quick, you're right, take a quick photo. Get the iPhone yeah. out and videotape it. You're right, why don't they do that? Hmm, come yeah. on. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the episode ends with Alcide spontaneously shifting into a wolf. Why? <laughs> so I've, I've, we've, seen it, we've seen the episode twice. And, and uh, doesn't he, does he not get dragged off at the end? I thought he got dragged away. Is that what happened? That's, that's what I thought. I thought he suddenly turned into a wolf for no reason. It looked like he got dragged away. It's like a kind of... But Russell's got kind of power over the wolves. Maybe Russell's got some sort of super vampire power to oh. make them shift when they don't want to. Oh. I think, or are there other werewolves coming, and that's why werewolf. Sh- that's why there's probably, seed shift. What is this? Is it Russell's got people collecting like dead bodies, getting bodies yeah, from that's him? Werewolves, so, yeah, werewolves. Yeah, they said oh, smells like werewolves. So Russell's gonna sort out the vampires, and the wolves can sort out Alcide, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Each to their own. And uh, yeah, so that was the episode. And did you notice for the first time? I believe. The whole episode took place over one night. Yes. That was no daytime. No daytime. I think, do you think that made it kind of faster paced? Because there was no yeah. back to daylight in Bon Tomp. Is it? Yeah. That's a, that's a, really, that's a really good episode. That's that really... Was, it was actually, it was a, a lot of um, fan reaction was quite mixed to oh. that episode. A lot of, some people were saying they thought it was filler and there was just too much going on. I thought it was all good stuff. There was a lot of, lot of fast... Obviously, the sort of montage bit, a lot of fast edits at the end, and it was all good. It progressed the story a lot, didn't it? Yeah. And and d- also, that was a new writer called Angela Robinson. This is her first episode she's written. Was it, a, short, was it a shorter episode? Uh, yeah, it was really short. It was like 47 minutes or really? something. Really? Why? Why? Give us more. Come on. Do you think the new writer got all the characters right? Did everyone see yeah. the character? Apart from Hoyt, but he's just acting like a cock now. Yeah, no, Hoyt's, yeah, he's... <laughs> Going down a different path. And does it seem, do you think, like the storylines are starting to converge? Like with the shifter shootings, the revelation that they might be targeting supernatural people in general, could it mean that the, the shifters and the werewolves and the vampires are all going to kind of unite against a common enemy? Mm, do you think? Yeah. Maybe? Sort of team everyone. Mm. Like it. So yeah, that's pretty much it for that episode, isn't it? We liked it. it was, I think they're Episodes getting better and better. Oh yeah, as they're going on. And I think this is superior season to season four. I, I like season four. We like season four, but yeah, we liked it at the time. But in retrospect, yeah, this is <laughs> yes, vampire centric. Yeah, we like it. I'm I'm gonna do a shit. I got to do like an. I got to make up a a jingle. You're doing a jingle. <laughs> doing a jingle for the music. Whoa. I didn't plan this. I, I'm just gonna make something you up. You just pluck that out there from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Same jingle I did last time. No, no, that was different. That was I'm different. I'm limited with my jingles. <laughs> okay, first up was Diddy Pop, um, company that makes kids music, and let's make Santa Claus happy. And that that was on Jason's TV, in his happy dream. And then there was Ugh, Echo and the Bunnymen, <laughs> dry band from Liverpool. I saw Echo and the Bunnymen at a festival, and they came on, and me and my friend went and bought an ice cream, <laughs> and <laughs> just walked around aimlessly until they went off. <laughs> And that was their song Rescue in Fantasia. Sack the DJ. Uh, next up, Warpaint, an LA art rock band. A song called Undertow. And, and that was while Tara was having her fag break. Uh, cigarette break. 
<laughs> and lastly, uh, but certainly not least, oh. we have Iggy Pop. Oh. Iggy Pop! Oh. With uh, somebody called Bethany Constantino. Yes. Um, he's, Iggy Pop's obviously the king of punk. He, he's, he's king of punk and singer of a surf pop band, Best Coast? Yeah, that's a girl. <laughs> the girl. Yeah, the girl's in a band called that's what was, Best that's Coast. What, <laughs> never, never knew Iggy Pop was in that band. <laughs> yeah, she's in a band called Beth, Best Coast. I don't know them. Um, their song Let's Boot and Rally, which was actually written specifically for the episode by music supervisor Gary Calamar. Wow. Wow, a, so, a new Iggy Pop song specifically for True Blood. I want to speak to Gary Calamar. <laughs> yeah. Iggy Pop, do you know, Iggy Pop actually contacted the show and said that he's a big fan and said that he wanted to do something for the show. Wow. Because he likes it that much. How cool is that? So if he's a big fan and he's into punk rock jingles, he, <laughs> he could be listening to... He could be listening to us now. <laughs> Let's get Iggy Pop on the show to talk about True Blood. Ah, oh, Iggy, do it. <laughs> anyway. Hey, it was quite... It's quite there wasn't really much music in There wasn't. There was a lovely amount episode. of music in that episode. Is that because they had Iggy Pop on it? Well, yeah, they, they had to make time for Grand's Pie music. Ah, I and, love that. And can the Sookie and Bill cello music. Can we get the Grand's Pie music from iTunes? Yes, you can. Yes. <laughs> you can. Uh, now it's time for our What the Fuck of the Week. And uh, what the fuck of the week is... Jesus's decapitated head. <laughs> Which, Lafayette's yes. been kind of up there with the what the fucks, hasn't he? He's having yeah. the, the, the freakiest stuff he's, he's going on with He's having the freaky Lafayette. stuff. He's a, I, I think he's having the worst time out of everybody. Yeah. Even Tara's a new vampire and she's having a better time than poor Lafayette. So so we're thinking that's the real Jesus's head. Is, it a, <laughs> is that Kevin Alejandro sticking his head through a table? I think it is, isn't it? <laughs> or is it a prosthetic don't, head? don't kill the, the magic sticking his head for a table. Is it CGI? It? <laughs> is it not? It's just his head with a, a, a thing over his mouth, kind of. I think it's I think it's his real head, yeah. Yeah, good. We like his head. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and now it's time for our line of the week. line of the week is fuck it I don't care if those ladies are fairies or leprechauns or fucking Ewoks <laughs> that was wow. that was the worst Andy Felfer impression ever but hey it was one of the best lines <laughs> I like that Andy's so just so just so nonchalant about this this whole do you, hey, do you think it's because he's a V addict as well I suppose, I suppose, yeah, I suppose he saw some freaky shit when he was on V. He's kind of got through that and he's just, yeah, hey, he's not, fa- not phased by anything. His, his sister was dating a vampire. His, yeah. His best friend's dating a vampire. It's all, it's all good. He's, he's related to a vampire. He is related to a vampire. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know it yet. Well, do you think he will? Do you think he's going to... have got to have that come out in the show at some point. That'd be I'm awesome. waiting for that conversation to happen. <laughs> by the way, Andy, I'm your great-great-great-great-grandfather. <laughs> oh. oh, one day. Okay, now it's time for some news. Okay, some exciting news to start off with. Right, Stephen Moyer said in a recent interview 
he's the singer in a band, right, with some other dads from his daughter's school. You think, oh, so what? Just ordinary guys that go to pick up, <laughs> so go to pick up their children from school. Are we? Not ordinary guys, right? Yeah. So in, in this band with Stephen Moy is Ewan McGregor. Oh, fucking Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Yes. Some guy called Ben Harper. I saw Ben Harper. He was he was at Metallica's big day out in '94, I believe, and he was like, yeah, it was just like a <laughs> Hendrix stroke. Um. Oh. Lenny Kravitz kind of wannabe right yeah. but yeah it was alright it was good it was good yeah. and, uh, and Chris Shiflett the guitarist from the Foo Fighters yes another band you've seen so, so, so who plays what then who, who well, does so we know Stephen Moore is the lead singer obviously well Ben Harper and Chris Shiflett must be the guitarists what so Ewan McGregor bass Ewan McGregor on bass yes <laughs> do you think he wears the robe does he wear the the overall robe <laughs> What I'm thinking is they should get Dave Grohl in to play drums. They should get Dave Grohl in to play drums. <laughs> I want this band to release an album. <laughs> do, do we do we know much about Stephen Moyer's singing? Is he? A, is I he... know that he was a singer in a band when he was a teenager. Do, do we know, know the name of the band? Uh, the Prophecy. Yes. Was the name of his teenage band. Yes. So yeah, come on, Stephen Moyer and uh, and your bandmates, release an album. Yes. We yeah. We maybe heard it here first, and you can. Give us a, a band interview. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Sit. Oh, is that... No, no, it's not it. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Comic-Con this weekend. Comic-Con! Yes. All your favourite True Blood actors will be on the panel. Yes. So, obviously, next week we'll be reporting on what um, what exciting stuff they have to say. Yes. As, as, uh, I've been listening to some podcasts and reading the internet, and, and a lot of people saying that Comic-Con's gone a bit shit. Ah. Uh, it seems that a lot of people go to Comic Con to you know to see about the movies and TV shows and yep. see the panels, but a lot of people get there when the doors open and just queue for the panel all day. And by the time the regular person wants to see a panel, they just can't. Ah, can't so get it's in. got too trendy. It's, it's got hip. too trendy. Yeah, like ah. like festivals. Ugh. Everyone's in on it. Ugh. Ugh. Never mind. <laughs> we'll watch the videos on YouTube instead. <laughs> Okay, now it's time for some spoilers. So tune out now if you don't want to be spoiled. Okay, episode six is called Hopeless. And the synopsis says, uh, the aftermath at the asylum leaves Suki with an eerie uh, eerie sense of foreboding. At Fantasia, uh, Pam breaks up a vampire girl fight, praising Tara for her tenacity. Uh, Lafayette visits Ruby Jean, uh, who also received a disturbing message from Jesus. Uh, fearing for his family's safety, Terry blames his curse for his troubles with Arlene. Alcide challenges JD. Uh, Sam offers to help Andy investigate the recent shootings. And Roman lays out his plans to take out Russell. Uh, we've got some general spoilers. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Season 6 spoiler, already oh, season se- 6. Season 6 spoiler? Season 6 spoiler. <laughs> Alan Ball says, somebody that we always thought was very good is going to be very bad. What the f- what? That should have been the what the fuck of the week. <laughs> <laughs> What's this craziness? Any ideas? I'm going to say Arlene. Because in the books, Arlene goes kind of all vampire hating. And turns into Evil Arlene. Oh, really? Yes. So I'm going to say Evil Arlene in season six. That's my guess. Wow, that's interesting. Unless Hoyt doesn't die this season and becomes Evil Hoyt next season. But then he's already quite evil. He's already, yeah. he's already wearing bad clothes. Yeah, he's badass. <laughs> in, in his red tie. 
Well, we have a few casting calls for episode six. Um, Vivian, a female Caucasian, early 20s, late 20s. She's radiantly beautiful and British. Hmm, possibly a fairy? If she's British and beautiful, she's probably a fairy, yes. Yes, we've got lots of fairies over here. <laughs> uh, next up, an unsavoury vampire male, 30s to early 40s. Uh, an unsavoury male vampire feeding in the alley behind Fantasia. He's chowing down on a victim whose heart is slowing to the point of near death. I I'm going to guess it's Hoyt that's being fed on. Hey, I think I might apply for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Joe Bob. Great name, Joe Bob. Joe Bob. Um, early 30s white trash an anti-vampire terrorist wearing a balmer mask uh, he shoots one vampire with a hunting rifle and takes his victim prisoner so this is mm. again I think Hoyt getting fed on by a vampire uh, next up a female nurse in her 40s this polite but authoritative female nurse attempts uh, but fails to stop a conversation between two upset patients and we also have a male nurse politely attempting to restrain an agitated patient. Could that be Luna and Sam, possibly? Two upset patients in a hospital. Well, I'm going to say Luna and Sam. Yes. So, yeah, so Luna and Sam are going to be okay, I think. We hope. We hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah, so that's it for this week. Oh, oh one link for you. A mm. link to the Ifrit Wikipedia entry if you want to read about them. Yes, it sounds good. Do a bit of research. Yes. And um, uh, I, I do believe that's it for for this episode that is it uh, join us again next week goodbye for now goodbye